Welcome to Streamable, the podcast about the best streaming content out there. We're going to be reviewing shows and movies from Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, Disney+, Peacock, whatever other services they come up with. So sit back, listen to our review, and then you can tell us how wrong we are on Twitter. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Brett. And together we have over 57 years of movie watching experience. Wait, we were watching movies when we were born? Shh, shut up. Apparently now there's a show about our Space Force before we officially got our Space Force. So, uh, thanks for that, Netflix. What? We have a Space Force? Did they actually start doing anything to move it forward? Yeah, I happened to read about this. Yeah, we're, we're reviewing Space Force on Netflix, but in the wake of us starting to watch this, SpaceX launched the first astronauts to the international space station from u.s soil in a long time because of that the u.s space force was put on alert along with the air force should anything go wrong they were ready to help retrieve it's it's i think it's technically spacex's priority to retrieve the astronauts should something go wrong but space force and air force and coast guard and there's like a bunch of people involved should something go wrong the astronauts have to abort that's all that Space Force does, and there was actually a quote from the director of something along the lines, I don't know if you had seen the show, but it was fairly recent, and it was something along the lines of, Space Force is here to help astronauts in space, we're not going to space ourselves in the next decade, basically. <laughs> I don't understand the purpose of having Space Force versus just NASA. Well, because NASA's... I don't know. Maybe it's just a power grab by the president to put it under his purview in, in some respects. Although he appoints the NASA administrator, so that doesn't make much sense. I don't know. I, I think there is... I mean, the show touches on this and we'll get into it a little bit. There is a military aspect to space, no matter how much we want to avoid it. I think space has been a great collaboration between, you know, between borders, between countries. It's an international thing, but... Yeah, if, if the Chinese or the Russians wanted to knock out one of our satellites, what do we do? NASA's a bunch of scientists. They're not going to be equipped to handle a military action, basically. Yeah, but I mean, so far everyone's, you know, adhered to it being... Yeah, so far. <laughs> As the show gets into, that could change real quick. Not really. The show exaggerates timelines like no fucking other. They put together a launch in three days of ten random people. That will not happen in the next 100 years, I predict. <laughs> like, it yeah. takes so much training to launch people into space. You can't just... That's the only thing that really bothers me about the show is how unscientific it is. Because they could have done a little research. But, whatever. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not that, like... Uh up on all the space stuff but i don't know my issue with the show mostly was just that it didn't like capture me as like a great comedy show throughout like it was kind of chuckles and funny but i don't know it didn't have that feel to it like a like a good great comedy show i don't know if that'll change over the seasons because i mean like if you look back at like the office season one was i mean it's hard to watch like usually when you're trying to get people into that show you're like yeah skip season one for it now 
go watch the rest of it and then maybe come back to season one right and i mean every like community arrested development most sitcoms i've watched i've not liked the first time i've seen them space well, force is a special thing there i mean it, it literally gets better every time you watch it because yeah. there's so many jokes just peppered throughout Fair enough. but i i don't know i mean this show got horrible reviews from what i saw like the best review i saw was like it's mediocre <laughs> right I, I think they were expecting uh basically the office when they see greg daniels and steve carell and i mean of course you're not going to get the same exact show that's just not going to happen but yeah it just didn't have that that right i guess feel i mean like even the characters i, mean, I was i was i was finishing up today and and the only character I actually like really like is probably Chan, because I just like Jimmy O Yang. He always makes. Well, me I laugh. mean, he's really good. Uh, John Malkovich, I love his character. He's he's good too. Carell has a good enough character, I think. The uh, Air Force commander, what's his name? Noah Emmerich, I think, is the actor's name. I've only seen play serious stuff, and I guess he is still really kind of serious in this role. But I, I don't know. I love his character. Mm. I don't know. Like, uh, Lisa Kudrow's not really used that well. Uh, you then... mean at all? She's in a few episodes, but yeah. I think she's in like, two episodes. You have Lisa Kudrow and you don't make use of her. It's, uh, uh, in... Do they ever explain why she's in prison? Nope. Did I miss that? Nope. Okay. Yeah, I had to look that one up because I was like, wait, I missed this, right? Nope, they never explained Anyway, okay. uh, let's get into it. I don't know. It's a good enough show to me to watch. It's a good enough show to warrant a second season. Uh, it's not as good as Upload. Uh, yeah. If you had Out to choose Greg for Daniel some reason. New releases. Yeah. Greg Daniel's yeah, got two shows. But much better. It's not much better. I, I honestly think it, Space it, it Force has more potential. It had that feel that made both of us binge it. Like, I didn't get that feeling from Space Force. I easily just dropped Space Force. And then rewatch it again because we were going to do the episode on it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I get that. I, I still think Space Force has more potential, maybe long term. But sure, I'm, but but yeah, but we're reviewing one season so far. Out of the two, I would recommend one over the other. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so there's ten episodes on Netflix, uh, all released at the same time as Netflix usually does. It stars Steve Carell, Lisa Kudrow. Is really only in a couple episodes. John Malkovich, Jimmy O. Yang, Noah Emmerich. All of the generals uh, of the armed forces are actors I know. I just loved that really early on in the pilot, it did a round table, and they're all. I forget the yeah, woman's Patrick name. Warburton, Patrick Warburton, Patrick Bader, uh, Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just jumps around all these people that you know, and I don't know. It was funny. And. I was so hoping they were going to, even though they never mention him by name, have POTUS. He's only known as POTUS. They don't directly say Trump at any point, but it is very obviously Donald Trump. Yeah. I was so hoping they would have someone cast as him, and he would come in at the end. I was assuming we'd get like some sort of like a Steinbrenner style like from Seinfeld, where you just hear the voice, and someone just does like an impression of him. Right, on the phone or something. Yeah, that, yeah, might, yeah, that yeah. might have worked too. Sure, yeah, that would have been good. But Larry David is, is Bernie Sanders, not Donald Trump, so that doesn't... <laughs> sure. Anyway, 
so episode one the launch basically steve carell is promoted to four-star general his character name is mark naird and he thinks he's been in the air force he thinks he's going to take over the air force from noah emmerich who's retiring i think but then they ask emmerich not to retire what's his character name graviston graviston they ask him not to retire and naird takes over this new branch called space force and when someone tells him that he literally chuckles at the name because we've all thought the name is stupid but what would have sounded cooler like space marines what that's no because that's worse that's straight out of warhammer (laughs) and we already have the regular marines so that'd be confusing yeah but they'd be like the united states space marines corps the ussmc yeah that wouldn't work (laughs) i don't know i don't know what you call them to make them sound cooler but the first thing i noticed is steve carell is affecting kind of a weird voice and he does it he's for doing like a yeah like he's, he's, doing he's like trying a... to be kind of gruff and, and military i get it yeah, it's like a caricature of a general yeah and it was kind of funny at first and then like i didn't notice it in the middle episodes and then it came back i don't know if he changed anything or if it was just my perception of it if might have been filmed out of order well yeah of course that's that's kind of what i think that in the middle episodes which may have been filmed last he eased up on it yeah yeah because it felt more normal yeah it felt like that's me i wasn't sure if that was my me my perception of it or um okay good to know you felt the same way anyway it's a little weird it's kind of funny whatever lisa kudrow is his wife maggie and she's all gung-ho to no they live in dc so she's just happy about like him getting a promotion but then they realize that they have to move to colorado which i don't know where the space force headquarters is or if they have one but colorado is the worst spot because you can't launch rockets from there i don't know uh she she breaks down crying though when she finds out they have to move right and then after that we get no other information about what she did well then it just cuts to one year later pretty much yeah, she must have had some sort of breakdown that caused her to do something well, to end up. So, in, so yeah, we we see. I think we see later on in the pilot, or is it not until the second episode? What? No, we do see it later in the pilot. That coo- that uh, Maggie is in prison. Uh, yeah, and we learn later on that it's for forty years, which has to be like an insane murder or treason or I don't know. I kind of feel like it's treason or something because of what comes in later with the president and stuff, but I'm not sure. Mm. Yeah, I assumed it was something related to to most likely treason or something, just because it seemed like that that, uh, first scene was just supposed to kind of blend into her having that breakdown of them having to leave because of this, and then she did something. Right. That makes the most sense. Anyway, so one year later, they're in this new headquarters in it seems like it's kind of in like a crater or just some valley in colorado surrounded by mountains it's kind of secretive i guess uh we both thought it was uc irvine our alma mater but it is cal state dominguez hills or something anyway uh, yeah the state schools around california all look the same they're all built in the 60s so 
I don't know, when they were running around the ring, it looked kind of like our ring. I don't know. It wasn't. It's close. It has the eucalyptus trees. It has 60s architecture. Uh, Does it have the semen trees? No one gets that joke. You have to cut <laughs> out that joke now. Hey, I think those trees exist outside of that school. I don't think most people no know one's them ever smelled. There's trees that literally just smell like semen. Anyway. I don't know why anyone would ever plant those trees. So we're introduced to Dr. Mallory, who's played by John Malkovich. So Naird is this general, and he's the the military side of this, but obviously they're dealing with rockets and stuff. There is a scientist who I guess is a civilian, and they have this weird power dynamic in the pilot that doesn't really extend onward, but Mallory basically pretends like Naird works for him. And he's like, no, I'm a, I'm a four-star general. That's not how it works. You work for me. We're also introduced to Yuri, the Russian spy. That's literally all he's known as. I, I, I He has a real name, too. I don't even know it. I don't know he's, it either. He's referred, I... referred to as Yuri the whole time. Uh, I thought that was his name because that's what they called him. No, there's like two times where they say a full name and it's like John something or I don't know. It's something kind of Russian, but it's not Yuri. They have a couple of nicknames for people that I don't even remember their real names. So, And then Mark and Maggie's daughter, Erin, is dating the Russian guy, which plays out later. Fuck Tony uh, runs his social media. And that's uh, John Ralphiel from Community. I think his real name is Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz, yeah. And he gets fired right away. He's still there. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't know it was fired, fired. Yeah, there's fired and there's fired, fired. Yeah, it is sadly Fred Willard's final performance as Mark Naird's dad. And Dr. Chan, as Jimmy mentioned before, Jimmy O. Yang, famous from Silicon Valley. And that's pretty much it for the pilot, I think, all the main characters. Oh, Brad. I don't know that actor's name. Basically, you forgot a... Captain Ali, too. Is she in the pilot? She must be in the pilot, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Okay, so Brad is a one-star general. He's kind of Naird's assistant. And Angela Ollie, she's pretty much only Captain Ollie, is the helicopter pilot in the pilot. That's confusing. But she is, I think, former Air Force, and they also became Space Force. Anyway, so I forget why he gets stressed out. That was one of the first things I noted, that he gets stressed out and fires Fuck Tony. I don't even remember what caused that. Shit, I don't either. There was a tweet that he tried to seem young by referencing eating fries from Wendy's or something. And then... Oh, yeah, it was something about the burgers. Wendy's was serving raw burgers, and he was going to use a lightsaber because it was May the 4th or something. I don't remember. Well, anyways, he's supposed to have a bunch of these like senators or congressmen that are supposed to come by for the launch. And then they keep delaying their, uh, they said that they have to delay the launch because of the weather conditions. And he doesn't want to like look small in front of the Congress people, I think. Which was very inauspicious considering there was a launch delayed two days before this show premiered. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why he fires him. He says something to him about that during that time. And he just gets dressed yeah. out and fires him. Anyway. So yeah, uh, Mark's kind of having to fight Mallory and Chan on you know we need to launch 
and dealing with this, I guess, like a, a subcommittee of the Senate and basically convincing them that their their budget is worth it. And I, I just remember the scene where he's outside talking to the group of scientists and he talks to Chan and accuses him of being a Chinese spy. He's like, I'm from Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where are you but from? Chan is like the head scientist. He's um, he's Mallory's kind of number two. And yeah, he says, you know, it's too risky for the launch, whatever. And Mark's getting really frustrated and he goes into his office and says, I need two minutes alone. And this is the scene from the trailer. They spoiled the best scene of the entire pilot. You hadn't seen the trailer, so yeah, was... I have to know your reaction to it. I thought it was really funny. It was pretty funny. Having had it spoiled. Uh, he sings, I don't know that song, Kokomo. Yeah, I think it's just called Kokomo, right? Is it? I don't know. He, he sings that because he's stressed and he starts dancing and then he gathers himself and goes out and deals with it and then he decides to launch... He kind of just makes the executive decision and it, you know, happens, everything's fine. And Mallory's kind of like, you know, why did that work? And Mark had made the observation that Chan was carrying an umbrella when there was two clouds in the sky. So he's clearly like a really risk-averse person. And you, you won't get to space unless you take some risks. Which was nice to see. It showed some level of intelligence in his character because he's painted like an idiot for most of the series yeah he's kind of just a jarhead basically is what they use him for so they launched this new satellite i don't think this was the climate satellite was it i don't remember what the satellite was for but basically yeah they launched the satellite and then the last thing of this episode is them trying to look at the satellite from his porch and they see a, a chinese vessel come by and basically dismantle their satellite yeah, some sort of Chinese ship. It's not even a station, which, yeah, again, the science of this is, that's so far out. But, okay. Yeah, so that's, like, the end of the pilot, is that it's literally clipping the solar panels off, so the satellite's going to be dead. So the next episode is titled Epsilon 6, which is the name of their satellite. And yeah, it picks up right, right up where off. episode yeah. 1 left off, and uh, they, they basically just rush off back to work. The daughter comes home with Yuri, and they're both a little drunk, and he's trying to get inside her house. And, you know, it seems like a typical thing. The guy's just trying to get in the girl's pants. And and she says, no, my dad's waiting for me. I, I gotta go. And then it cuts to the Space Force headquarters, and they're all kind of scrambling. I did note that this show has very good music because it does play CCR's Fortunate Son here which is a great song. And they're kind of scrambling. It's kind of like a, a montage almost of them going through ideas and stuff. But they ultimately come down to pulling ideas out of a hat. Like, literally. <laughs> They've written down ideas on a card. And they land... Uh, well, there's one that has to do with solar cells. The solar panels have been cut off. You can use the radiation from the sun to potentially propel them. So Mallory's like, okay, a couple people go go noodle that. And then they come up to one that just says bomb. <laughs> it's clearly Nerd's idea. He starts trying to defend it. Like, smart bomb, dumb bomb, big bomb, small bomb. We can use any kind of bomb. That's what the military does. We know how to bomb things. <laughs> yeah. How did they end up at the, 
eventual bit though where they decide to use the space people they have out there already i don't remember i think so i think they were monitoring the you know the orbital trajectory kind of uh, screen computer screen and there was another oh yeah, yeah they, they looked for other vehicles came, the... came on an intercept course and they were like wait what's that and they're like oh that's a secret thing that we launched uh, a couple weeks ago and they're like well what is it and mark puts in his password and you know declassifies it or whatever and it's uh, a dog and a monkey in a in a little mini space station basically for for social media for potus <laughs> yeah a chimpstronaut and a dogstronaut. <laughs> yes. Uh, he wanted uh, them to go viral. And so they want to... Mark is like, well, the monkey's trained. And he has a bunch of tools on board. We can we can train him to do an EVA and, and go repair the panels. And Mallory's like, this is fucking ridiculous. I, I think he just goes off and deals with the other the team that actually team has a real plan to, to fix it yeah and then they bring in the yeah. trainer and the trainer's like yeah i can't do that like we don't have time to train him because it takes very long to teach him one complex task and you want to do a series of tasks yeah but and then they're like well he can put on his helmet and go outside right and they're like yeah he, he can do that all right let's get him to put on his helmet and then there's a bunch of tools on the wall if you point the laser pointer from his helmet on it he knows to grab that tool Okay, get him to grab the drill. <laughs> I like how hard it was to get him to get his helmet on, though, because he was hungry and horny. What was his name? Mar- Marcus? Marcus. Yeah, I think it was Marcus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he knows how to sign. Basically, he was saying, Marcus horny, Marcus hungry. <laughs> yeah. They're like, and, and Mark Naird was basically having the translator say, like, Marcus, get food. Marcus, do good. Marcus get banana and then he's like marcus no smell banana marcus believe banana is there yeah so that was kind of funny and they eventually get him to grab the tool they get him to go outside right we have like a timeline of six hours to try to fix this stuff though right before before it deorbits yeah, yeah. so it uh, takes him it... about like four hours for them to get him to pick the tool up yeah yeah, yeah. apparently well, I assume it takes him an hour to get to that idea, so maybe it takes three hours. Sure, whatever. Basically, he, because he doesn't focus on a specific tool, he just sways around, and they have to, they have to hit the button right on the chance that he's looking at the tool. You would think they would be able to train the monkey to go one by one on the tools. No, no, no. Whatever. So yeah, he grabs the drill, which they severed. They literally cut the pole that was holding the uh, solar panel and the cable but their idea was that you could just drill these two pieces together and somehow that would have enough conductivity through the metal yeah that didn't make sense to me but no see that's what i mean like they have no science advisors on this but show apparently that doesn't matter because the plan fails astronomically well yeah the monkey goes out he successfully starts to drill it but he kind of over tightens it and you know in space with no gravity you're not gonna be able to really grip it very well so he starts being spun by the you know propulsion of the drill and that snaps the tether and then he's lost 
to space. Uh, and then Mark is like, alright, uh, astronaut number two, let's let's get the dog going. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they focus on the dog, uh, who was a husky. We saw the, the videos of him earlier playing with the monkey, but... Uh, now he's just yeah, a tail. The dog's gone. Because <laughs> the monkey, the monkey ate, him. ate him, yeah. And then the Chinese pick up the monkey. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, the monkey defects. <laughs> and Mark is trying to tell him not to crack under pressure or give away any secrets. And then he asks uh, for them to get the solar team to do the solar panel thing. And yeah, Mallory comes back. Like, we can't do that anymore. Your monkey smashed the uh, the panels out of the way. We can't pull them back in. Well, yeah, the whole the whole pro- point was that the panels were in front of the satellite, so they could be pushed to it. But now they were thrown away from the satellite, and there was no way to push them back towards it. Tractor beam. Yes, that was one of the ideas. didn't didn't happen. So that was it, right? We don't see the satellite deorbit. No, he kind of just resigns himself to being fired because he just lost the satellite as soon as it went up to space. And then uh, I think is it the Secretary of Defense. Who does he report to? I forget. Uh, yeah, I think that's SecDef. Uh, I don't know that. He basically tells him either to calm down. He's been up for like two days straight just go home and rest and then he heads home sees his daughter who's apparently like knocked out of the table after trying to do trig because he wasn't there to help her and then he just sits down and tries to help her with her homework which is a nice like family moment uh we didn't cover the fred willard parts though because he's only he only appears in the first two episodes right yeah i think so so that yeah in the pilot the only time we see him is that he's outside and his like he he called Mark and Mark's talking to him and he's like, "Where's the the caretaker or whatever?" And he's like, "Oh, I don't know. He's around. Your mom's gone." His mom clearly has dementia. His dad might a little bit, but then he retasks the satellite to go find his mom. Yeah, that <laughs> and was funny. Tells the caretaker and says, "This is where she is." And then in the second episode, he calls his granddaughter, Mark's Mark's daughter, Erin, uh, and is like, "Oh, are you are you back from Mexico? Uh, I hope the kidnapping went okay. I sent them the money." <laughs> Which is kind of just sad. Yeah, no, he was a every victim of like an time elder you scam. see him, it's just sad because he's all shaken and he's all old, and then now he's actually not around anymore. It was just depressing so, seeing him. Uh, I mean, he was affecting that, right? Fred Willard was not. That. I gotta assume he was. I don't think he okay. was that. Yeah, he he was he was acting like he had Parkinson's almost, like he was really shaky, and I don't think Fred Willard was that bad even right before his death, but. Yeah, we don't see him again after episode two, uh, but I assume that might have been a purposeful choice because it's kind of sad seeing him knowing that Federal is actually gone. Yep, and then so right after the meeting with SecDef, uh, episode three, Mark and Mallory have to go to Washington for a budget hearing, basically, again, defending their budget. And then Aaron shows up and says, I got suspended from school. So Mark makes Captain Ali his helicopter pilot babysit her and i don't know all i wrote about this was that he turns into michael scott <laughs> i don't know i don't think he was as as michael scotty as could have been uh his argument wasn't like 
as stupid as Michael Scott's arguments would be. No, no, no. No, he definitely turns it around. But at the start of the Senate hearing, he was like full Michael Scott. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, there's not much to say. He, he and Mallory go in with Graviston for some reason. I don't really understand Graviston's why. trying to claim that... The... Well, yeah, he's trying yeah. to reabsorb them into into the Air Force and uh, yeah, have a, have a tighter budget. And then one of the committee people is basically just AOC. <laughs> What did they call her? Angry <laughs> young congresswoman? No, I think that AYC? her her name was actually just a AYC. It was like Isidro Cortez or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She has the stupidest argument in the world, which frustrated me so much. She basically is like, why does it cost $10,000 to send an orange to space? It's like, anyway. The science, again, things don't make sense. But yeah, she's making a, a political stance about, hey, I could spend $10,000 feeding people in my district. Why should we give you, let you have $10,000, you know, to give an astronaut an orange? And yeah, uh, Naird recovers really well here and has, uh, you know, a very meaningful argument about, you know, astronauts isolate themselves, put their lives on the line. They're millions of miles away from any of us. They're, you know kind of, uh, in a way, doing more than any single soldier uh, with their sacrifice. And, yeah, an orange is one small taste of home. I'm, you know, willing to give them that. And he's trying to get Mallory to help him because he's asked a direct question about what they're doing scientifically, and he can't answer it because he's not smart enough. I guess. Yeah, he tries to do the cough-cough to get a... Mallory to answer the question for him. Uh, but yeah, eventually when he has this like heartfelt argument, uh, Mallory steps in and says one of the client climate satellites we put into orbit is going to increase our detection of tornadoes and hurricanes threefold, which will save thousands of lives and tens of millions of dollars. Right. Which, uh, again, you know, kind of puts the argument for Space Force as a whole. And at some point, I, I forget if it's him or if it's Naird, basically says you know it, it it would take nothing for the chinese or the russians and and they didn't i don't know if they were trying to keep it under wraps but they didn't refer to the fact that the chinese did very easily just destroy one of their you know hundred multi hundred million dollar satellites very very easily and they had no way to defend it and that's kind of what space force mm. needs to exist for yeah i don't know Maybe it wasn't a great idea to bring up that they just lost a bunch of money to ask for more money. No, I'm saying I don't think they did that, mention that. That could that also just be because I don't know if the ordering of the episodes even makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I'm wondering. If I, I don't think it was in the plot at all, which may have been a minor plot hole, but they could theoretically explain it away by saying it was a classified mission and they never sure told that makes more sense. Because yeah, but anyway, the, the hearing. Hearing goes well, and then they turn on Graviston and say, why did you spend $70 million on a jet that doesn't fly, which I fucking love because the Air Force spent more than that. Well, they start asking about what fly. seats that he paid to have, like, Corinthian leather or something. Oh, yeah, he paid... Yeah. Which, that's ridiculous. That didn't happen, but still. Yeah, that's pretty much it for the third episode. It, it was... 
it felt a lot like a filler episode. I mean, there there's a little back and forth between Aaron and Angela. And I think this starts to go into, like, Aaron acting out. And she, like, misses, you know, being in D.C. and doesn't have friends in Colorado. But I don't know. It, it wasn't a big deal. The only meaningful part of it to me was the end of the Senate hearing. Yeah, I mean, it kind of kind of introduces a little bit more to Captain Ali as a character because uh, we don't really interact with her that much during the first two episodes, other than the the helicopter flights, and then yeah, we get to see the the daughter a little bit more, but that's it. Okay, so episode four is the lunar habitat. So they have a simulated lunar base to test the psychological effects of uh, isolation, which, by the way, the military or maybe NASA does do pretty regularly, I think. Yeah, they're doing one right now um, that you can sign up for. That's a really long one for Mars. Well, I, I mean, they do this with trained people and people who have passed psych tests and all of that, uh, and I think they do it in Hawaii on top of a volcano because it's... No, but I so mean, like, isolated. there's literally, uh, they're, they're recruiting right now um, for a new one. So if someone's listening and, and wants to try out Yeah, for I it, saw that. And you and happen I, to speak yeah, Russian, because that's a requirement, <laughs> then you can maybe apply for it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, yeah, they, they want to get a broader psychological profile. And, and so, anyway, on this, uh, in the show, the simulated lunar base, uh, they had four people, and one person went mad, and they had to pull them out. Uh, and they're looking for someone to step in, and Narrative's just like, oh, I'll do it. This doesn't even make sense. Wouldn't bringing in somebody outside invalidate the whole experiment anyways? Uh, I mean, I think they're trying to see, in part, what personality types work together, because I know that is a big part of it. Mm. So Narrative is very different from what they had. They have... Um, I think they have two members of Space Force... Uh, like a biologist and an astronaut, and then a civilian sculptor, which doesn't make sense. I guess theoretically they could be used to, uh, you know, move lunar material uh, around the habitat because that's also they say the only way we have a habitat on the moon with uh, the radiation that's there. But anyway, so Nerd steps in and does that. Meanwhile. Uh, he tasks Brad with dealing with Flotus, who wants to redesign the Space Force uniform. And John Ralphio goes full John Ralphio here. That was the other thing I noted. <laughs> I like how he'll never get to be any other character, because he's just John Ralphio. Oh, but, I mean, he went full John Ralphio in this episode. Yeah, he, he assumes that... Impressing Flotus is, is going to be great for their careers. So he has them try to actually wear the crazy uniforms that she sends over. Well, yeah, he's he's basically trying to do anything he can to appease the First Lady. And Brad is trying to be more practical. And I think Mark said, like, you know, don't let her do anything stupid. And the design she has are insane. So at one point, Aaron freaks out and goes to her mom because her dad just left her a note and said i'm gone for a week uh, so she visits her in prison and uh that's until she after she tries to throw a party which no one shows up to oh right yeah she she yeah she like i said from last episode she's kind of dealing with not having any friends having moved 
she tries to throw a party, no one shows up, so she's kind of heartbroken and, yeah, goes to see her mom. And, yeah, the only thing I wrote about that was uh, Maggie has cornrows and said she joined a gang. A club. Right. <laughs> so not allowed Which, to have gangs. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that changes later, but anyway. So, yeah, Mark is in the hab. He freaks out over, like, the cleanliness and makes everyone clean up the the work areas and kind of pisses everyone off but then he starts to deal with ptsd and recounts that he was shot down behind enemy lines in bosnia and had to live in the woods for 10 days and that was his you know isolation so he thought he could handle the habitat you know fine but presumably he's kept himself so busy that he hasn't ever dealt with it and now is having PTSD and screaming in the middle of the night and stuff. But the team gets really fed up with him, but then they ultimately, like, say, hey, let's, you know, you need to talk about your issues. And he does, and, I don't know, brings the whole team together. That's pretty much it for the episode. Other than when he returns, Space Force is wearing the very ridiculous uniforms. It looks like they're wearing various different uniforms. Well, yeah, the males are wearing, like, matador uniforms. And then the women have, like, capes. Yeah. That's the only part I remember. It's horrible. Uh, He basically just says, you're going to get rid of the uniforms by tomorrow, right? (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty much it. Do you have anything else on episode four? Not really. Uh, Episode five is trying to capture the magic of the paintball episode of Community, I felt like. Yeah, but of course... And failing. Yeah. I don't think anything kind of lives up to paintball. In community, community tried to capture, recapture the paintball yeah, multiple and, times and, and never failed. worked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they have this military games exercise, uh, Space Force versus Air Force, and they're both testing exoskeletons, and they each choose one. None of this made any sense to me. Why does the Air Force need exoskeletons? I have no idea. Like it, it sure it makes some sense. It also doesn't make a ton of sense for Space Force because you're gonna weigh less in space and be able to handle more weight. Well, yeah, it but, turns out that the exoskeletons are just to recover the equipment after the people die. Yes, aka just literally drag their bodies back from the battlefield. Yep. <laughs> Which is insane because the exoskeletons themselves would be worth more than any equipment. I would sure. think. Most but likely. Anyway, doesn't make sense. It's just an excuse for them to have a, a paintball game, basically. But for some reason, they use balloons around themselves and BB guns. Because uh, even a small puncture from a BB is enough in space to kill someone because of an air leak. The logic around this was fucking asinine to me. Like, this was so stupid. I don't know. Why I... wouldn't you just do paintball? I don't know how the mechanics of a paintball gun work specifically. The the guns they have have like basically a full normal bullet except the bullet like the, the they have a full cartridge but the bullet is just paint. So it obviously isn't going to kill anyone. And that works fine. I mean it's not a huge paintball like a normal paintball gun that civilians use, but it more accurately simulates a gun than a BB. Well, yeah, I actually, you know, I don't understand the science behind this. Uh, would would a normal gun operate in space? There's no uh, oxygen. There, for there it is. To... 
there is one part where they reference this. I think this was back in episode two that they put a bunch of guns up with the monkey and the dog to test that guns could be fired in space. Yeah, Mallory and says, they just yeah they just brushed they over work. it and they were like, yeah, of course they work. And I'm like, no, they they wouldn't. I don't think. Yeah, I don't know how that because the primer getting stricken wouldn't create like an explosion if there's no air for it to consume to create the fiery explosion, right? I think presumably if you brought it out from like a space station, you could get a couple of shots. And the reason I remember this is Firefly, which I think was actually scientific. But they had to stick it into because... a, they had to stick the gun in a spacesuit that had oxygen and then shoot a couple right, of times. Because, yeah, they had to go outside. But, yeah, the point is I think you could get enough oxygen to do a couple of shots. But, no, I don't think a gun can work in space. I don't think you could just take a gun on the moon and use it so i guess the idea is you use a spring fired bb in space because you can use that regardless but uh, yeah i don't think you're gonna actually puncture a, a spacesuit with a bb <laughs> yeah, i don't know whatever it's a really really stupid fucking episode uh in most places but i don't know it's kind of funny uh basically he mark trains a bunch of the raw recruits the guy that was the AI in Upload comes in, who is apparently Greg Daniels' son. I didn't know that you know, until our, our friend that we were watching it with told us. And Captain Ali's in it. Fuck Tony is the media. He wears like a white media vest and yeah, whatever, I don't know. I did note that they had moon camo, which was so fucking ridiculously hilarious. <laughs> like their actual camo uniform was like, a moon like with craters and shit on it i wonder how effective it would be at hiding on the moon not at all <laughs> i don't know depends on the light i mean if you're on the dark side of the moon i think you could hide with pretty much anything <laughs> sure yeah they they just have this face off it's naird versus grabiston at the very end uh, i mean mallory's basically fucking with mark and picks the worst of the two exoskeletons seemingly and you know almost all of the space force guys get shot and have to be taken off the battlefield remotely which again doesn't make sense they have pilots for each exoskeleton at which point why don't you just use robots come on maybe they can just swap between who they're controlling okay maybe it's one person yeah anyway and then yeah Mallory just hacks all of the Air Force guys' suits with, like, two lines of code, seemingly. Did you see the code? I didn't know if it was accurate at all, or I didn't really pay attention. I don't think so. Okay. They just hack it with, like, two lines of code, and the Air Force guys are stuck, and well, You Mary can goes assume and... outside of the show, Mr. Robot, none of the hacking looks like real hacking. Well, it's not even hacking. It's like he literally just puts two lines of code in... I don't know. Anyway, whatever. The episode's not great. That's really all there is. Yeah. Uh, episode six is The Spy. Mark is super excited because he gets a conjugal visit with his wife, Maggie, who was sentenced. This is where we first kind of get the idea. She was sentenced six months ago and, again, is going to be in prison for 40 years. We still don't know for what, but he's excited to do the conjugal visit and then... They find out that India has the exact same rocket design as them, but they launched it first. And so they're trying to deal with 
they think there's a spy in their midst and Nair tells him like okay figure it out I'm gonna go to my conjugal visit but when he gets there POTUS basically says like no sex for you <laughs> and just rescinds the conjugal visit yeah basically oh and the one other thing I noted was they were trying to look at the details of the rocket and Nerd says enhance <laughs> and they're like yeah that's not how it works yeah, they just changed the contrast on it. That one, that part was funny. And yeah, they uh, then uh, Nerd and Mallory go back and forth, and each accuse different people on their different teams of being spies. Uh, Nerd accuses Chan because he's Chinese, and Chinese China's on the same continent as India. <laughs> yes, it's funny. I like that argument, and yeah, Mark accuses or uh, Mallory accuses Brad. Which, honestly, he was the most possible suspect because he was such an idiot that he could have easily let it slip accidentally, I felt like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I figured would actually be the case. But they aren't really able to figure it out. And then, is it Brad? I think Brad or someone finds out that Mallory sent some secure message trying to move a file because uh, their security team is looking through all of their uh, computers and stuff. And Mark decides to play it in front of everyone in, like, Mission Control. And it's basically just Mallory... Uh, what song is he singing? I can't remember it. I didn't even it, note it's, it. It's a wonderful world, but it's a... That's right. Yeah, yeah. He, he changes all the words to it. Basically, it just reveals that he's gay for the sculptor, sculptor. Jerome, yeah. who is in the uh, Habitat experiment. And it's 2020. No one gave a shit. Everyone was like, oh, that's nice. That was a really beautiful Well, no song. one gave a shit about him being gay, but they were like, it is kind of problematic that you were watching him for two years and in yeah, charge of that that's project. Kind of funny. That, that's funny and true. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so that proves that he's not the spy. And then it turns out there is no spy. Uh, India just happened to make it before them. Uh, I don't get how they came to that conclusion. I have no they idea. They just jumped uh, to it. They're just, just like, oh in. yeah, there's definitely no spy. India just figured it out. Sackdaff just calls him and tells him that. That that was weird. That was lazy writing to me. Anyway, that's it for episode six. Episode seven is making fun of Elon Musk. They bring in a character called Edison James, who is played by Caitlin Olson of Always Sunny fame. Uh, yeah, she's basically the female Elon Musk, although kind of less competent and more showy. And uh, her... She basically claims to have some rocket fuel that's going to be cleaner and stronger than any rocket fuel used before and her uh like what is it assistant or social media manager her yeah her social manager janina Govankar from the league that's all i know her from who apparently had worked with fuck tony before and fired him got him fired yeah she exposed something that he did and got him fired and, yeah, he's, like, super jealous of her. Uh, but anyway, this is all a punishment for the India thing that POTUS basically says, like, you have to partner with the private sector and stuff, which, I don't know, felt like a jab at the current situation, but also that's not at all the case. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know, it felt weird. Yeah, the whole thing is just, like, there's this crazy demonstration, which I love, because I just watched a thing about how the Tesla Cybertruck 
Remember they had that demonstration of it pulling an F-150? Oh, yeah, how that was all bullshit? That's total bullshit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So her demonstration is she grabs lighter fuel on a grill and sprays regular lighter fuel, and it's, you know, it throws up a puff of flame, and then she squeezes her special fuel in it, it burns much brighter, which, yeah, is a stupid, stupid demonstration for rocket fuel. And basically they find out uh, somewhat through the social media manager that they have absolutely no confidence in their fuel working at all. But she's just trying to have some success. And I love that her, her quote is like, if one thing works, everyone forgets the failures. Yeah, Which, she has like again, felt like a jab at Elon, out. but also Elon's pretty successful. So I don't know. Uh, the weird side plot in this one was Aaron had gotten a job at the ice cream thing. What was it called? Meal Me- Armstrong. Meal Armstrong. And went into Edison James' unlocked car, which was just a Mercedes. I guess they were trying to make it kind of a Tesla thing, and they just rebranded a Mercedes. But she goes into the car with ice cream and spills ice cream everywhere because this military guy is kind of hitting on her. That's it, really. Yeah. That, that side plot doesn't really go anywhere. And what else? Oh, so yeah, at the end, Nerd, because they figured out that they don't know that the fuel's going to work, they just launched the rocket without saying anything, but they've secretly swapped out all of the stupid fuel for you know regular fuel that works. Uh, and they successfully launch something, another satellite, I assume. I think this episode's also where Captain Ollie is gets Chan to try to teach her astrobotany or something like that. Uh, she's trying to yeah, become an astronaut. Is, yeah. Is it astrobotany or astrobiology? Anyway. Yeah, she wants to be an astronaut. And spoilers, like, seemingly a week later, she's an astronaut. I well, yeah. had I so mean, many problems with the that. The episode after anyway. this is her getting LASIK. Is that because she needs to have, like, perfect vision to be an astronaut? Yeah, probably. But I also, I don't know. Would they let people with LASIK do it? I don't know. But yeah, most astronauts are pilots, so that kind of makes sense. But like every astronaut also has a PhD, not studied astrobotany on the side. Uh, but it, I don't know. It, it's just a way to forward this relationship between Chan and Angela. But anyway, that's pretty much it for the episode. I think the last thing that happens is that they... Oh, the the satellite is launched successfully. The satellite is put in orbit around the moon. Uh, I think it's like an imaging satellite to help them set up their moon base, but it captures images of a Chinese base that's already on the moon. And they're kind of like, what the fuck? How did the Chinese already get a whole base on the moon? Yeah. That's pretty much it. Episode 8 is titled Conjugal Visit. So Mark finally gets his conjugal visit. He says he's going to Denver. (laughs) A bunch of people give him tips about going to Denver and going downtown and I mean, but they downtown all realize will he's having be sex there, with his wife. so you want to hit up the other locations first right uh and then yeah his daughter tags along at the last minute i forget why she wants to go see her mom because he just says he's gonna go visit the mom he doesn't explain right, that right. he's gonna go bang the moms chan takes ali to the eye doctor as we mentioned uh he drives her to denver and then mallory and Brad and fuck Tony interview contractors for the moon base. They decide like they have to get people on the moon 
in three days, which, again, not in three years could that happen. No, it's just like, um, what's, what was that one shitty movie where they have to get all the minors? Armageddon. Yeah. 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 They, it's Armageddon. No, they definitely make fun of that. They're like, why would we put civilian contractors on the moon or something like that? I don't know. My yeah, favorite thing about Armageddon, Armageddon is the uh, the commentary track where Ben Affleck's like saying, "Why wouldn't they just train the astronauts to do these jobs?" And Michael Bay oh, yelling yeah. at him to say, "Shut no, the fuck up, Ben." That's exactly what they say <laughs> on this. Yeah, they're definitely making fun of that because yeah, it, it's a lot easier to train an astronaut how to weld or drill. But okay, but all of their astronauts are total fucking rookies too, so none of this makes sense. Anyway. They're interviewing contractors. A bunch of the people they had vetted basically just, or everyone they vetted said no. So they just pull random people out of Yelp that are from the local area, which, okay, never ever would happen, but whatever. Meanwhile, Maggie says that she wants to have an open marriage. And I just like that she quoted the Air Force handbook to him <laughs> about like leadership and being open and I don't know. Meanwhile, Aaron has to sit outside the prison, and she starts running with one of the inmates that knows her mom, and realizes she loves running, and whatever. And then Mark leaves without Aaron. He flies the helicopter off, and Aaron's left there. Yeah, that's how the episode ends, but then next episode, she's just back home again. Yeah, they didn't address that. Episode 9... I think is titled It's Good to Be Back on the Moon. It is. It is titled okay. correctly like that, yes. Okay. So yeah, they send these random fucking rookie astronauts to the moon. Captain Ali, all these people, none of whom have had any training. I feel like this episode was meant to be in like season two or the last episode and they were meant to have a training episode. Like there's no training ever done or anything. It just frustrated the hell out of me. They also have 10 people in one rocket, which frustrated the hell out of me because that's not fucking possible. Anyway, a bunch of problems there. Mark asked uh, Kelly out, who's a civilian contractor that works on the base. They've had a few interactions, whatever. And before they launch, China claims the Sea of Tranquility, and they're saying that they're doing scientific experiments there. They're not claiming it as their property because that violates space treaties. They're just like, yeah, we don't want you to land here because it'll disrupt us. And so Mark is kind of dealing with, like, you know, if I if I do this, it'll potentially cause bigger problems. This episode is written by Toby. Really, from the office? <laughs> yeah. Well, he doesn't know shit about science, so that bothers me. <laughs> because there's two things in this episode, besides what I've already mentioned, that I were like, "Yes, I can't believe he mentioned that," and then I was immediately like, "Oh, they fucked that up real bad." So they find out one of the last-minute additions, one of the astronauts was a an arsonist. Yeah, pr- played by which, Chris Gethard. I don't know who that is. Anyway, he was the random guy. I mean, and then they're fuck all Tony. That you, people know by face, probably by now, not by name. I don't know that guy at all, but anyway. Fuck Tony basically like gets on a call with the astronauts to say, like, all right, everyone has to air out their dirty laundry. Have you ever done anything wrong? <laughs> and... The young red-haired guy who's... I, I don't even know his name. He's the uh, guy from Upload, apparently Greg Daniels' son, is like, yeah, apparently my grandfather was a terrorist in Ireland. <laughs> and fuck Tony's just like, holy shit, you open with that? That was kind of funny. <laughs> that was pretty good. And then, yeah, Mark and Kelly date. 
during all this and he's mark's trying to deal with like how to tell aaron and aaron just finds out because they slept together and she freaks out and she goes to her mom and her mom's like yeah i I suggested that that was my idea i'm dating a guard here in prison and then space force finds out that the chinese had drilling equipment on the moon it wasn't just a habitat and they theorize that they're mining h3 and i was so excited that they mentioned this because literally this is going to be the next space race h3 is a real thing helium 3 it's very rare on earth it's in abundance on the moon and it theoretically could be used in fusion reactors to give us near unlimited power but the way that they word it in this fucking show is you can have fusion without having a reactor which is not even fucking close to true they present it as you can just bring this magic material back and throw it in a fire apparently and it just creates unlimited energy which is so total horseshit we are nowhere near being able to use it yet it frustrated the hell out of me but it was kind of interesting for them to use that as the impetus for that's why the chinese went there and we're just gonna land on the moon anyway basically is the decision marks come to because he's like ah fuck it and then Ali again has a moment with chan she's kind of stressing about what to say on the moon she's going to be the first person out she's you know kind of the new neil armstrong she's the first woman on the moon she's the first black person on the moon so she's stressing about what to say and she came up with it's good to be back on the moon the name of the episode uh, and chan's like oh that's stupid and she's like yeah a bunch of people gave me ideas but you know what it's it's my idea that's what i'm gonna say and then she steps out on the moon and says it's good to be black on the moon which which was a much better line <laughs> which is also hilarious because neil armstrong did fuck up the line he said on the moon one of the most famous quotes of all time doesn't goddamn make sense uh i don't remember this but i remember the specifics on that what the quote on yeah yeah, yeah. on the one armstrong. small step for man one giant leap for mankind well, what what's was, the difference well, between man and mankind he well, meant no. to say a man yeah, yeah okay, okay. That, that's and he fucked it up was. yeah uh anyway they didn't reference that in the show but it was kind of an allusion to it seemingly because yeah it's gonna be black on the moon and then she becomes a meme because it's 2020 yeah she's on tiktok because you just reuse audio clips over and over again yeah and then the chinese are pissed and they show their frustration by taking a rover and driving over the apollo 11 flag and that's the end of the episode and then episode 10 is proportionate response so they're obviously super pissed about the Apollo 11 thing. POTUS gets on the phone, tells them you got to fix this, or you're fired, tenaired basically. Fuck Tony runs a focus group on what the appropriate response should be, and, and they, they basically settle the on a bunch of rocket. <laughs> yeah, they they settle on a bunch of teenage pranks. They should egg it. They should graffiti it. They should TP it. That's it. So they're gonna go. TP or graffiti the Chinese habitat. That's their plan. And SecDef gets on the phone with all the military advisors and literally says, no, you need to burn their habitat to the ground. <laughs> Which is fucking insane and would start World War Three. Yeah. And Nerd shows Ali that they actually did put guns on the ship. 
so they have a bunch of guns that won't work in space uh, although according to the show they will and mallory gets super pissed when he finds out and he quits and then Nerd says he's not going to go through with it graviston shows up and arrests him meanwhile aaron has a bout of teenage rebellion and i don't know where she is she's just out and about she's trying to hit on these guys kind of and they just drive her out to the desert and she's like super freaked out well, and yeah, calls her dad smoking crack yeah yeah uh yeah uh and she calls her dad and he's like yeah sorry i've been arrested and then apparently the only other number she has is this military guy i don't know his name he's kind of like a lieutenant or whatever and he's like yeah i'm right next to your dad i was arrested too so she's on her own but then Mallory says he's going to light himself on fire, but, you know, isn't actually going to do it. So he ends well, up yeah, getting arrested. He, he talks earlier in the episode about doing passive-aggressive shit. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But... That's how you deal with the military people. Yeah. Right. And, yeah, he gets arrested. Uh, so then he and the lieutenant guy help Nerd break out, and he goes and grabs a helicopter and saves his daughter. Uh, who's just trying to escape these guys in the desert on a bike and whatever. He saves her. They're reunited. Oh, the other thing is she did call her mom when her dad and that lieutenant guy said they couldn't help her. And her mom's like, well, I'm, in, I'm in prison. You're on your own. You got to deal with this yourself, honey. But then when Mark picks her up and rescues her, they see someone running through the desert and it is Maggie and she jumps into the helicopter, and it's like a nice moment. The family's all reunited, and then uh, Louise, Maggie's lover slash prison guard, <laughs> uh, also jumps into the helicopter, and they fly off. And then Ollie and her team jump into a rover and go towards the Chinese habitat. Meanwhile, they pass the Chinese, who are in a rover going the opposite direction, which I don't know why they didn't stop and think, where are they going? Are they going towards our habitat? There's nothing on the moon. Maybe they're going to fuck with our habitat. Maybe we should go turn back. No, they never consider that. They just go and destroy the Chinese base. They just have wrenches because Ali had destroyed the guns, but they still destroy it because that's what they're ordered to do. And then they come back to their base, and their base has been destroyed. So everyone's stuck on the moon and totally fucked. Uh, which also doesn't make sense because they have a rocket. They should have had a plan to take off from the moon, but okay. Well, yeah, I mean, that's basically how it ends, though, so. Well, no, Mark is flying off from right. the helicopter. Brett you know, calls Seemingly him. just escaping his responsibilities. He's been fired. He's done. Uh, but then Brad calls him and says, like, hey, we everyone's fucked. We, we need you. And then you see the helicopter turn around, so. Well, he's all like, like, everything's fucked, we need you, but you'll probably get court-martialed if we come back here. Right, so somehow, uh, presumably season two is going to deal with the fact that Maggie has escaped prison with the help of this random guard slash her lover, Aaron's whatever, just being an angsty teenager, his char her character doesn't have much, much depth, I didn't like her that much. But then Mark is, yeah, disobeyed a direct order and... Uh, has a bunch of astronauts stuck on the moon, and who knows. So yeah, but it, it, I mean, it sets up for a season two. Yeah, I don't know where it's going to go, but I don't know. The show's funny enough. It's definitely not scientific enough. Greg Daniels, if you need a science advisor, honestly, at this point, I know more than anyone on your writing staff, apparently. 
Uh, I'd be happy to work for you. Uh, <laughs> just do a little research, guys. Just a little bit. Make it close to somewhat scientific. Because it's not anywhere near anything. But yeah, there's definitely a few plot holes and a few uh, gaps or sequencing issues that I question whether things were in the right order. Yeah, I mean, also, just the characters haven't really grown on me that much yet, so... Uh, I Like I said, I really like Nerd. Uh, I really like Chan. I really like Mallory. And those are kind of the core... Well, three of the core five or six. Nerd really hasn't grown on me yet. Uh, I, I do like Mallory and Chan, though. But, I don't know. I mean, it, it, when you have, like, a sitcom like this, where you have, like, a cast of so many characters, they have to, you know, kind of appeal to everybody. So hopefully they'll work on that. And, I mean, they were trying to get to the point with uh, with having, I guess, Captain Ali be more important too, and and then hopefully we'll get more Lisa Kudrow now that she's out of prison. Yeah, Kudrow's character is interesting. She's not used much, but yeah, presumably she's gonna be in season two more. I don't know why they kind of almost wrote her out of season one. That feels a little odd, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, so it's still it was still enjoyable enough, but. I recommend it less than I recommend upload, but it was still it was still good enough to watch. Yeah, and we'll if you have see. to choose between a Greg Daniels show, watch The Office, <laughs> and then probably watch Upload for me. You don't like oh, any of the other did shows? He do Parks and Rec. I think he did Parks and Rec too. Okay, shit. Parks and Rec. What else was he involved? Okay. I'm pretty sure he's involved in a bunch of other really good shows, which is why the expectations the for big... this one was so high. But I mean. Upload wasn't anywhere near the level of Office or Parks and Rec. It was good, but everyone loved Upload, and no one loved Space Force from what I've seen of reviews. And they weren't that far apart to me. I it, It's not just Upload, though. I mean, it's not just Greg Daniels. The problem with uh, Space Force is you put Greg Daniels and Steve Carell together and then didn't get The Office. Yeah, I guess. Like, no one had expectations of Robbie Amell. Of, of like, oh yeah, this needs to be a spectacular series. I, I think Fair the expectations enough. ruin the ratings there. So, I mean, it by no means is it as bad as the reviews make it out to be. <laughs> like, it's still worth a watch. Yep, but, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he, he was involved on King of the Hill, The Simpsons, Parks and Rec. Uh, I think he was just a writer. I, I meant shows created by him. I guess. Anything. Fine. I think I think created by is, is just Office and Parks and Rec. But yeah, I, I would put both of those before upload. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I keep thinking he was involved with Community, but that's, yeah, not Dan Harmon. But anyway, just that, like, that's uh, it. well, I mean, it, considering that he was involved in Office and Parks and Rec, and we always almost recommend people skip the first season of those shows when we try to get new people to watch those shows, that gives me hope that season two of this will be better. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you don't have to skip season one of this show, but... Uh, yeah, don't don't have office expectations, but also don't expect it to be awful like reviews have said. Right, I'm not I'm not saying skip it. I'm just saying that hopefully the following seasons will be better based on track record of, of previous shows. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if it has been ordered. Unfortunately, I think it was very unsuccessful on Netflix, so we may not get a season two. I haven't seen any news on it yet. I know Upload already got a season two. I think. Yeah. Uh, this one doesn't have anything listed from what I can see. So hopefully it doing so badly based on expectations didn't kill it. Yeah, I don't know what like 
the budget could have been pretty high on this given what they have to do from a technical perspective so who knows but anyway it's good enough to watch we'll see if there's a season two that's it for now we have no idea what to review next i don't have anything i can even think of i think netflix just released a bunch of original stuff really anything good i don't know we still haven't done hollywood we could do that one uh i think they released a couple of movies too uh i forgot what they were called um but it wasn't there i think there's a kumail nanjiani movie that they just released too oh yeah i thought about that one i don't know heard mixed reviews well, yeah, but it's a uh, Netflix movie, yeah. so you're expecting mixed reviews. Lower your expectations of Netflix's movies, and you're not as disappointed. But I, I want to watch decent movies. That You do that on your own time. For this podcast, we watch <laughs> shitty movies watch and shitty review movies them. And good shows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently we're saying TV is better than movies always, pretty much. I mean, to be honest, it makes sense. You get time to build characters in a show that you don't get during a movie. You have to you have to work really hard to tighten up a movie. I I understand why movies are are generally worse. I mean, just like back in the day, you know, film actors would never work on TV because TV was such shitty quality. That's like done a complete one eighty. Well, yeah. I mean, budgets mind. of everything have increased, but yeah. I mean, I wish like people paid more attention to. TV back in the day, and we've gotten more Firefly. Still hoping for that. Hey, they can do an animated series. They can just do something set in the universe. It doesn't even have to be the original crew. I just want more Firefly universe. I like the universe. Yeah. Well, they've done comic books. That's probably all we're going to get. They can anyway. animate those comic books. Sure. So, yeah, but if you do have any recommendations specifically for what we should watch, let us know. Otherwise, we will pick something for next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find us on all the popular social media sites at StreamablePod and listen to the podcast on your favorite platforms. Please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review.